Are you looking for inspiration? In need of career guidance? Wondering what path successful people take? Listen up. I am Vibha Kagzi, CEO and founder of ReachIV.com, a Harvard alumnus and the author of Break the MBA Code. I'm going to be your host on this weekly show called House of Experts, where you can get an insight into a wide range of career choices directly from industry stalwarts. So buckle up and get ready to take off. And we have Devita here with us. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good, Devita. How are you? Good. Okay, great. So guys, welcome to House of Experts. Uh, my name is Vibha Kaksi. I'm the CEO and founder of ReachIV.com. And it's my absolute pleasure to introduce everyone to Devita Saraf, our guest for today. Devita is the chairman and CEO of New Technologies, um, a new age technology conglomerate. Devita is from Bombay, uh, has studied at the USC, which is the University of Southern California, and has also studied at Harvard Business School, um, was also rated by Forbes magazine as India's model CEO, and has also been a member of Mensa, which is uh, a high IQ society with a very, very small fraction of people um, being able to belong and represent Mensa too. Um, but other than all her professional, academic, and um, intellectual pursuits. Um, Devita is also a very dear personal friend of mine and uh, is someone who I've just known as uh, fiery, feisty, inspirational, um, and very dependable. So Devita, thank you for being the complete human being that you are. It's been an absolute pleasure to know you for so many, so many years. I mean, I mean I've literally seen your journey, uh, you know, since our early 20s, I would say. So congratulations on everything you've done and built. Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. And I'm so impressed that, you know, uh, people on a Sunday evening want to listen to us. I mean, I'm not even sure if I listen to myself on a Sunday evening. I'm on like my Sunday casual look and then people are actually like joining in. So welcome to everyone who is part of this talk. And it, Viva, I'm very excited because I've been following uh, House of Experts all through and of course, Reach Ivy all through the lockdown. I've been seeing all your talks and uh, I'm the 27th guest, but uh, better late than never. So happy to be here. <laughs> all right. Episode 27. And of course, uh, Devita Saraf is going to make it super special for us. Um, all right, Devita, let's get started. And, sure. you know, since we run a, a careers and education advisory, I always start with, you know, um, early age. So talk to me about your you know, early years, your childhood, some of the primary influences in your life. Like what was your childhood like? I think I had a very uh, interesting childhood. I come from a family business of technology where my father started a PC company called Zenith Computers like a couple of years before I was born. So I've been growing up with high tech and business all around me. And my older brother and I actually got exposure to the world of technology from a very young age. So I attended my first press conference when I was four, factory oh, wow. visits when I was nine, dealer, dealer, dealer meetings when I was 12. Uh, in fact, when I was 16, I once bunked a college exam to attend a NASCOM conference. I started working uh, when I was 17. When I was 18, I moved off to the U.S. to study business. Uh, at 21, I joined my father's business. And at 24, I decided that, you know what, at the end of the day, the child of an entrepreneur is also an entrepreneur. And I got the bug to do my own business. And that's when I started out. So 
growing up, I think it's always been a very gender equal environment for both my brother and I, which is great. Both of us got like a very ringside view of the tech business and not just tech, but also the overall like how uh, new age businesses run because tech essentially is all about doing new products all the time. And then, of course, you know, even just uh, my grandfather. So you you had like a ten year head start on the on the rest of us, huh? You started your so, first press conference at the age of four. Wow! So almost two decades of head start. Okay. Absolutely, wow. and it wasn't just my dad. Even my grandfather actually was the one who sort of invited me into business when I was just probably four or five years old. I think he didn't know any fairy tales, so he thought that let me teach her the basics of business, profit and loss, interest, technology when she's this little. And I actually really enjoyed it. To be honest, like it wasn't that like oh this is so boring. I actually used to. go and uh, sit where sort of you could say the men of the family are sitting to hear the conversation because somehow I always felt they're doing important and big things in life and i guess i have that ambition in my blood so um yeah i actually have been part of a family business since the day i was born i've been part of the tech world since the day i was born and growing up it was it was a very enlightening environment you know like okay. all of us are quite uh, pampered and all at home but getting all that exposure and knowledge from a young age i think was a very enlightening environment okay quick question coming in here from adhya dikshit who says which business school did you attend you want to tell them a little bit about harvard and your experience there <laughs> so i actually first went to uh, uc berkeley for a summer i did management of technology there which was actually an mba class that i took when i was just 17 or 18 at summer i also did marketing and i realized that that's kind of my passion so then i went to usc and i did my undergrad in business and in the meanwhile i also was interested in business of course overall so i took classes in technical entrepreneurship while doing business school and even taught an it class for 11 dollars an oh, wow. hour i used to teach i used to teach photoshop for 11 dollars an hour now i make a little bit more than that but that was my <laughs> first job I got a grant, you know, my major check of like two hundred dollars after working for a few months, and that used to be a big deal for me back then. And I think just again, interest in technology. I went to London School of Economics again for another summer to study game theory and uh, strategic thinking. And then I also went to Indian School of Business for a short course in negotiation. And then wow. I got in. And then I started my company pretty young, so I didn't get a chance to go for my MBA immediately. It's when I turned thirty-four that I went to Harvard for the OPM program. So I didn't get to do an MBA like you, uh, Viva, which is OPM, but uh, the Owner President Management Program, which uh, I'm currently pursuing. But all my classes are postponed to next year, or I have to do virtual class, which I think is very difficult. So I said I'll just postpone it and finish it next year. So. Quite a wow, bit of so education. I, that's a lot of education. Actually, I did not know this. So we share many, many uh, commonalities, Devita. You see, Berkeley. I did really? the summer too. I did really? the LSC summer. I did the ISB no course. So we just like and so I've done the HBS. So funny. So, yeah. Like, how do we not bump into each other out there? Maybe next course, Singularity. Let's. Let's make singularity happen. Let's do it. Exactly. Let's do it. Okay. So, so Adi, I hope that answered your question. She's been on many, many campuses. She's obviously been the beneficiary of, uh, you know, some supreme education. So, Adi, I hope that takes right, care right. of that. Okay. Let's let's move forward. So, what happened? So, you know, you come from this amazing family. You're saying gender equality. So, this gender thing was never an issue for you. Uh, lots of not in the exposure. house for sure. Not in the house for sure. Great. Okay. So, what happens next? How does you know? How does this? How does view happened for you tell us the whole story so actually when i started working with my uh, father at 17 and i was in uh, university every summer i was interning with him 
And that's okay. when I really learned the nuts and bolts of the business of everything from product development, understanding manufacturing and sourcing that would happen, of course, a lot between Far East, California, India, Singapore, across the world, to understanding distribution, which was all across the country. And I got a good inside knowledge of how the business works within the country, the distribution especially. Plus, of course, the, we have 11 offices, so you know, different teams, different culture, operations. And while I was learning all this business, I felt that at the core, the business that my father was running was more of a budget product. Whereas I felt that you know, my strategy, would, my strength would be to find a customer who I could relate to. And I realized, and this was early 2000s, I realized that the market in India was really growing and there was a demand for more high-end products. But it was always the foreign companies doing the high-end products. The Indian players have always been, whether it's like cars or computers, or Indian always done budget products. So I decided that, you know what, let me learn to make high-end products and do a luxury tech company. So okay. I, went to, I went to MIT Media Lab. I went to Intel's Innovation Lab. I went to Apple's Innovation Lab, which is called IDEO. I went to Taiwan's Innovation Lab. And for the first year, I just moved around understanding uh, human-centric product development. That how do you make products, keeping R&D in mind and keeping consumer lifestyles in mind. And I started with building my own lab. I think by the time I was 24, I had my own lab for products. And uh, I didn't raise much money. So I think the only money that I raised was uh, for initially for certain three or four people's salary. And uh, the cost, the rent of a store. And then so you bootstrapped. Like it sounds like you bootstrapped. Your... Absolutely. Bootstrap, bootlaced. It was like not even a strap, it was a lace. Like that, I'm quite kanjus marwari at my course. There was no wastage from day one. You bootstringed and, uh, it, huh? Bootstringed it, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, then I came up with this idea of uh, building a brand out of it called View Luxury mm -hmm. Technology, which is bringing science and senses together. And I went up to my father and I said, look, I think the market is going to be more about high-end tech. And India, anyways, does all the back-end high-end tech for the world. We just don't know how to market it. So mm -hmm. since I love marketing, why don't I bring those skill sets and do a high-end product. And uh, my father's like, so you want to be CEO of this thing? And I was like, yeah. So I became CEO in like a three-second decision. And interestingly, for the first eight years, my dad actually convinced me to shut the business. Because oh, he's really? like, this okay. is India. This is, this is India. Like, who's going to buy a luxury product? You know, everybody's not like, uh, everyone doesn't have your taste or something. And I was like, look, I can see the sort of seismic change happening in the market. You know, young people today want, are very aspirational. They want great lifestyle. They want the best of the world. They want best technology, want the best experience. And I really think I've got something going. So the first eight years, our revenue went from one zero, of course, to 35 crores. And then in 2014, 15, when we went online and grew our business again organically, is when we've gone since then from now to 965 crores. So wow. it took eight years to put it together and then it started to grow. And I think clearly now wow. Kanar is more satisfied with the business. But wow. you know, when people think in startups, hey, you know what, you're just going to build something at this crazy valuation. I'm quite a traditionalist at my heart when it comes to these things. I'm like, look, I care for how much I earn in a dollar. You know, um, what that I am able to generate. Can you hear me? I think there's a slight issue with your internet. There's a slight fluctuation. Uh, I lost slight you there. fluctuation in data. With mine. There's a slight fluctuation. In, yeah. I, okay. I can see Hopefully myself clearly on screen. 
Okay, so nine hundred. Okay. So what happened now. was then nine hundred sixty-five. So that's how we actually. So wow. what happens with a lot of businesses? People feel that hey, you know what? It's just from day one going to be big. But when you start young, you need time to understand the business, build a strong team, mm. strengthen your strategy, uh, get a lot of domain expertise, and that's when you scale it. And you're able to then scale it with the team you have and the money you have. So the good part is that I own a hundred percent of this business, and there are no outside investors. Ah, uh, you have so not. That's how the all. view business is now. No fundraising. No. Is it on the cards? Not do you even want a rupee. Response? Do you want that whole? You don't want to do it either. I mean, no one's gonna say no to free money. But uh, there was an interesting Harvard class. I don't know if you took it. It said that. Uh, I'm sure you would have, but it said that do you want to be rich or do you want to be king? Do you want want to own twenty percent right. of a thousand crore business, or do you want to own a hundred percent of a hundred of a hundred crore business? And I, you know, personally right. for me, I said, you know what? At this point, I'd rather just have a business that I have full control of, which I think has been great, especially in a situation like this where you know the markets are volatile and we can make uh, decisions based on what works for us, as opposed mm. to just getting pressure from VCs. But no one's mm. gonna say no to f- almost free money. So if someone wants to come and write me a big check, you know they know where to find me. But okay, hope, hope is not a strategy. So you can't say that hey, I'm gonna build something and monetize it one day. Uh, build a good business first. If something comes along, why not? Okay, awesome. Um, what do you think has been the hallmark of your success? I mean, this this is no mean feat. Building a thousand crop business, um, you know, single-handedly bootstrapping and then building it. I mean, this is the story dreams are made of. um what what do you think were you know, what what's really been sort of the cornerstones of your success what do you think you did right i think one of the things is you know i used to have a small little postcard in my first office when i started view which was in the basement of the family business office and it said it's better to fail in originality than succeed in imitation hmm. so thankfully we've succeeded in originality but the biggest challenge i find is most people spend too much time observing other people you know they're just very unnecessarily competitive everybody's doing this so should i everyone's learning that so should i everyone's hiring this so should i everyone's putting an ad on ipl so should i we've kind of had blinkers and said the relation is between me and my customer and sure. i want to see their lifestyle and see what i can make for them so hey let me come up with maybe a cricket mode for ipl but what my competitors are doing is not something that drives me i mean i don't enjoy putting people out of business to begin with and uh, so i think the biggest hallmark for us has been the fact that you know we've built it based on what drives us uh and what our customers will see value out of as opposed to uh you know just finding direction through competition because if you're very competitive the direction is being decided by your competitors so not being competitive i think has been our biggest strength we're always just competing with ourselves We're always just like, how do we do this better? You know, how do we get stronger? Like even with my team, I've had the same team for the longest time. How do we get better each time? It's never mm. this mindset. Let me just hire people from competition. So I mm. think the hallmark for us is the fact that we create, we don't compete. Um, we're not someone who gets. I'm not someone who gets a great kick out of beating someone. Yes, if someone tries to harm my business, I'm definitely very protective. But um, we we kind of are like we make our own rules. <laughs> you make your own rules, <laughs> and okay. we live and we live and die by them. Some things work, some things don't, you know. But we make our own rules. We'll do what the hell we want. 
Okay, I like that. So you're you're creating, you know, sort of your own rule book. You're creating your own content. You have not uh, bothered to sort of simply do what the comp the competition is doing. Yeah, and it's clearly showing. I'm just going to read out one or two compliments. You've got uh, Shiva Arjun Palvi. Thank you for that TV, Devita. He says. Um, someone here is saying, "Well, people want to know when is the new stock coming out? When is the next <laughs> TV release? Do you want to spill the beans?" <laughs> Festive season. We have some new products lined up. We will keep you very informed. Please uh, follow us on Instagram, and announcements will come. But festive season, we're having a lot more new product. Festive season, it is, guys. Uh, you know what to look out for. Diwali is coming up, mid-November, and that's when you will know. Um, got a comment here from Uf Mirchi who says, "I'm going to stick with the originality and imitation quote." Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> uh, that was great. Okay, all right. So, um, you know, I want to also understand like. you know in in the technology space where do you see your company um you know i i, I know we spoke about this and you said hey i'm i'm not consumer electronics uh i'm luxury and i'm technology so you know i i want to go deeper into that and explore it on this on this session today where, where do you you know how do you define your industry and where do you see the company on the spectrum of luxury consumer goods and technology and the, you know where do you intersect with all three Uh, so thanks for taking this question which i suggested because you know what happens is for a lot of people who are looking to build a career if they see it as just consumer durables then the market for that is mostly in manufacturing which is uh, you know whether you make a fridge washing machine ac tv etc uh, speakers etc that is consumer durables that's more in the manufacturing space the second is where you have consumer tech consumer electronics that's when a lot of av comes in so everything from the software that runs on your phone to the cold fusion with technology operating systems apps everything go into the consumer tech space so even instagram is a consumer tech product sure would be added as an uh, as a third area in it which is also a great space for a career is of course a luxury space so luxury space mm -hmm. is usually has to do with product or service for us it's mostly product with a lot of great service and here the opportunities are everything where you have a more customer segmentation so you say hey i want to reach an affluent educated buyer now um i can sell a hospitality product i can sell a fashion product i can sell a, sell a tech product i can sell um, i don't know automobiles or food or whatever but my strategy is that i'm going to stick with this segment and i'm going to learn what drives a luxury sale because a luxury mm. sale is not as price sensitive as a mass sale so hmm. what we've done by bringing the three together is of course we understand tvs and all the technology and manufacturing of a tv at the at the core at the same time we understand we were the first ones to bring netflix to india we were the first ones to bring android to india we were the first ones to bring a lot of tech to the software tech to the tvs so we're the first we're the ones who are sort of blending it together it's the second part they call it cold fusion in the industry like even apple does that Sure. and then making sure that through luxury we reach the right uh, sort of market segment that we want to okay. reach so there are opportunities in all these three fields you can be working in a tv or a factory you can be working or making product design out there you can be working in any of the not just apps but you know operating systems or you can say hey products are ready i want to be in retail or i want to be in marketing or sure luxury products okay okay i get so i i i so you know you sort of sit at that the sweet spot you're sort of literally sitting at that at the kind intersection of, yeah. of kind all of, three yeah. okay um 
what what's going on in the industry you know can you give us a sense of like what's what's the landscape look like um are you seeing more people enter luxury are you seeing people sort of refrain from luxury what what is the industry landscape look like and you know how are you seeing that evolve over the next 3 to 5 years so luxury is an industry has really actually um, changed very drastically in the past 1 2 years because millennial luxury is very different than what has been the traditional luxury industry because millennials want to spend more on experiences than actually um, owning product you know the whole rental sure. economy even even brands like rent the the uh, rent the runway back borrow steel etc are mm. actually a different business model which are more reaching to the millennial consumer who wants experience not necessarily ownership the second sure. thing that's changed is luxury has always of course been very touch and feel so the earliest uh, ways of building a luxury tech product whether you're buying technology or car or jewelry or clothes or bags or whatever was to actually go there and get this experience of the product so you'd have these beautiful stores and malls and even in india which give a luxury experience for the product however sure. a lot of that has become very digital hmm. so luxury brands have been able to cross over and sort of bring that ex- bring that experience online have also done really well and the most important thing that i see a change in the luxury space is luxury has always been a bit older and formal so hmm. louis vuitton for example their customers would be someone who's like 42 years old work their way up wants to buy a bag wants to have something that they will use as an heirloom whereas a younger consumer today is a lot more casual and almost irreverent so a balenciaga would or soloron which is again a redo or bamas a redo of a existing brand but targeted towards youth is a bit more like you know casual fun almost laughing at themselves by like making original versions of their fakes like how Gucci did and trying sure. to appeal to a buyer who is now 22 and probably making a lot of money through blogging or sure. whatever different alternatives have come in so the biggest challenge in the luxury space has been you know a bag is a bag it's but how you retail it how you market it how you position it what it means has drastically changed in the past few years and the sort of tipping point happened with the lockdown because sure. the biggest thing that were hit was a going to stores and going to events which was the sort of bedrock of this industry so even even again as i said before i entered tech i before i did very cool tech i understood the traditional part of the business so same way if someone wants to be in the luxury space before you want to do super cool instagram campaigns for a fashion brand first learn the nuts and bolts of the business learn how it works learn distribution learn manufacturing learn pricing learn predicting learn management sure. and then sort of try and reinvent it okay great okay so you know you you touched upon these trends um, how millennials have changed um it's sort of like uh, the experience more than the tangible etc how how are these trends translating for you into you know your business how are you picking up on these trends and saying this is a trend we see and here's a product or feature or a marketing technique that we're going to now change basis these changing trends so actually this is a change that i you know as view as you know as a company is high tech not because we're a follower because we're a leader so we started making these changes years ago so we pretty much decided to be very digital in our not just our marketing advertising but even our distribution management service everything like couple of years ago so when the lockdown hit and nothing face to face was possible we still were business as usual because we had the systems and mindset in place 
The difference today, though, is uh, the fact that you're selling product without showing it. Secondly, hmm. people's lifestyles have changed. People don't just want to watch like some slapstick comedy on TV while having dinner or some soap. They want to be watching interesting shows or documentaries on Netflix and talking about those. And uh, televisions have actually Netflix has taken more of the book market than the movie market sure. because sure. of their format of content. So we're always seeing, you know, what how we manage our business is one thing digitally. How we sell is something else digitally, and also how my consumer's life has changed uh, digitally. That my product will be relevant for him for. Hmm. Okay. So you're saying you've already, already these factors have been sort of built into the ethos of yeah. your organization. Yeah. Very much. Okay. Very much. Okay. Just going to take a little. compliment from mitesh she says best picture quality tv brands thank you ma'am okay thank you mitesh for that compliment uh, joy in story says nice tvs i'm using view tv and it's cool nice value for money buy thank you joy for that compliment um someone wants to oh some anish 85 devita is one of the smartest people around she should run for prime minister <laughs> wow okay vote for me yes please yes. do agli baar sarav sarkar <laughs> they have that question now we should just have more millennials in leadership there's nothing to do with me or you viva you know i'm sure that between you and i we can make good strategies but i think you definitely need more millennials in leadership today just because you know i have to learn uh, from young people in my office you know they're giving me mm, a tutoring yeah. on how something works so respect goes both ways this mindset that look follow your elders great i respect them but follow the youngsters also they also know of something course. in, in so fact, we need like uh, a, a youth companies, prime minister the companies are starting millennial boards no now so they want to have a board that's purely only millennials huh. uh, that is sit huh. as a quasi board next to the main board and sort of work in conjunction something we we should definitely look at okay guys thank you for all your questions and compliments pk choudhury says great tv um shazeen says great to see both you ladies in one frame hi shazeen good to see you on the show all right um Let's talk a little bit about marketing. You know, I'm always intrigued, Devita. Uh, obviously, I've been to the store in Palladium several times. You know, you can't walk past the store. The store in itself was so compelling. You know, every time I'd be in Palladium, I was like, oh, I've got to take a sneak peek into view and just get an experience of that store. Um, I know you are sort of like the face of your brand. So talk, talk to us a little bit about you know why why did you want that? Did you you know did you always know that you would sort of be the face of the brand? uh or was it sort of a strategy did it just sort of organically happen and how has that worked for you so uh, i've always been someone who's very much lead from the front kind of person so even when we would have product launches meetings there always even if i had to break a deal with somebody like i'm the kind of person they see first so i've never been a very back end shy person i don't think i've ever had stage fright in my life so that definitely helped the second thing is you know i felt that building a business like this should also inspire a lot more people to build premium brands cool brands innovative brands brands which are outselling foreign players and so and women of course as leaders and as leaders and young people as leaders so i put myself in the ad to also say that hey you know before you assume it's some old white dude at the back end building this it's some young indian woman building it and so can you so it was more from also a Uh, an ability to inspire people inspire uh, inspire another angle was also the fact that you know was trust so what was happening was most people were just slapping some uh, cricketer or actor or 
I don't know, whichever celeb, as they would say, as the face of their businesses. And mm. if you take in the tech industry, you know, you take a Bill Gates or a Steve Jobs, they are the people who you associate with the company, not the actor in the ad. So sure. I felt that it's a wrongful marketing practice. As, as opposed to India, where we think uh, it's Amitabh Bachchan is basically selling it pretty much every year. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, he's behind every single passe. product. In the that's, that's a very passe way of selling hmm. things. And so all these years, I used to say that, listen, you know, when you're putting fake people up front as endorsers, uh, you're lying. You know, you're, you you have to build trust. You're lying. You're lying when you say that uh, Ranveer Singh drives a Maruti. You know, or Karina washes her face with Lux. You know, you're you're lying. You're they're, they're, yeah. you know, you're not being truthful. Here, I am in front of you launching a product. Any question you have, you can ask me. Hmm. And uh, I've been saying this for the longest time. And one of the activities within that was even having my face appear, either in an ad or a launch or an article. As like, hey, you have a question, ask me. I'm the one responsible so, here. So you you wanted to be accessible, huh? You were comfortable with being accessible. Out there and build, accessible. Yes, absolutely. Build trust because if you take earlier when people in India were building companies, they would put their surname. You know, so sure. to be like a Tata or a Birla or somebody right. whose name you would associate with trust. Whatever brothers, as brands, right? it was always like yeah, XX brothers. Yeah, or that so, person, that person would be right. seen who you trust. As brands started coming in, the CEOs then didn't have to be that public face of trust, but it was an uphill battle because not too many people were putting their faces in the ads. And that's why Forbes did an article called Model CEO, which I, I which, you know, was just an oxymoron for them. Uh, just not, not out of any, not out of any, uh, you know, compliment on the looks or anything. I don't think they were looking at that. It was just funny for most people. Like, why is the CEO in the ad? Uh, there was, you know, some people loved it. Some people were like a little surprised by it. But here's the fun part. Five years after doing this, Five years after being in my ads, being the face, doing these Insta lives, talking about it, lockdown came, NCB is picking up your brand ambassador for doing mal or whatever they call it. And now brands are like, oh shit, you know, we are screwed because mm. our business is going to drop or competitors will use this as an advantage or we're going to lose credibility. And now suddenly people are uh, dropping their, you know, brand ambassadors like yes, flies, just sort of fly, falling over. And I have so many people coming and saying, you know what? It makes sense. We should be the face of our business. If our business goes down, we go down with it. Business goes up, we go up with it. But we are accessible in the social media world to our consumers. And we're talking mm. of trust. We're talking yeah. of I'm the person you can count on. So I mean, I, 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 I think it's really bold and brave of, of you to just sort of put yourself out there and say, guys, this is me. This it, is my company and talk absolutely. to me, you know. And you know what happened was the first few years, I would say the response was 50-50. Some people were like, great idea. Some people were like, why are you doing this? Today, 100% will say, you know what? We will buy a product where the CEO is showing the damn face saying, Vibha Kagzi went to freaking Harvard and will send you there too. You know, sure. that's sure. the faith that people want. And I think that's what uh, being the face of your business is about. It's all about just building credibility. Absolutely. And I, I think you do it with so much panache, grace. And, you know, it's just, yeah. I think it's just perfect. I mean, it's, it's sort of yeah. bold. It's, it's uh, accessible. Um, obviously, it's beautiful. And it's sort of just, you just sort of 
exude your brand in in many ways and i you know I've, as i said i've been following your journey and it truly is inspiring um, and i think a lot of people here think that too going to read a comment by mr rajbhau who says i have a view tv awesome experience thank you rachna setu says that so true um people want to know okay guys she's answered this already varun kailash she says the next uh, release is going to be around the festive season so if you just Oh, hold I on will not mention. Season. Just guys, please wait two weeks. Just two weeks. Just wait it out. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, we've gone from festive season to two weeks, guys. I'm glad you asked those questions. I didn't say which festival. She didn't say which festival. Of course, we have no idea which is the biggest festival <laughs> in India, but we will just um, keep please that on wait. the side. Okay, please wait. I'm working nonstop. Normal. I spent my whole Sunday morning working towards my new launch. Please, please wait. Two weeks, guys. Stay tuned to the View Technologies uh, Instagram page as well because they will be releasing uh, their new product through the page as well. Uh, Vamsi Dasati says, "Super inspiring journey, Devita." Okay, let's take this question here from Abula Sandeep Reddy. Um, are you bringing in the new Google Chrome TV interface to India in your uh, new TVs? Is that is this happening? So here's the thing, guys. Uh, at view when we launch something we do it in we do it in a very secret manner only six or seven people in the whole company knows what's coming and the, the day we launch the whole world knows even my out of 300 people only like 10 people would know pre launch what we're launching so i'm sorry i can't give you any answers just wait and watch watch this space when you know the whole world will know okay thanks for that uh, avinash rachna vamsi i hope that takes care of your questions as well Varun Kailash, uh, same question. Thanks, Varun, for asking. Okay, let's take this question from Yashraj, who says, uh, "A lot of Indian women look up to you for inspiration, Devita. Uh, how many Indian tech CEOs are there in India who are women? Any any idea on numbers?" Well, you know, the thing is, the word tech has actually become very broad. So anybody who is in e-commerce, everyone who's building an app, anyone even an Instagram influencer, even an Instagram influencer. is now in tech so i would yeah. not say that you know this sort of when i joined in women in tech was almost an oxymoron uh but now i think the word tech is very broad because tech has now just become so pervasive you know tech is like air or money there's 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 no one definition it's just everywhere it touches all our lives so i will not say that you know i'm the only tech ceo in india that isn't true that was true 15 years ago but today there are so many smart young women doing such amazing work indian women in india and indian women abroad that uh, yes we're out there okay okay uh, so since we're on this topic of technology uh, how how does technology consume devita saraf you know how much technology do you use uh, in your everyday life you know would you wake up and sort of you know check your phone check your insta account like you know what are your touch points with technology through the day let's talk a little bit about that i mean pretty much i'm always accessible on my phone and you know in the morning obviously the first thing we all see is our phones but then i use my phone laptop and tv for work for working out for my social life now my travel life <laughs> my uh you know even if i want to learn if i want to watch a documentary i want to learn to cook something i want to learn to you know learn a new language i want to learn a song music i think tech is like it's like my companion in every part it's just the sort of size of the screen changes but especially during the lockdown you know tech has been our constant companion throughout mm. and you can actually use it for a lot of really sensible things you just have to be very discerning yourself of how you can of what you watch 
you know there's there's 50 channels you can watch what you want you make that choice so tech is your companion i like that it's it's sort of like your buddy for everything huh? all the time all the time okay great uh prashant shapuri which television is in your home prashant i i i think you should know the answer to that question before you pose it but uh we'll let devita address that i think you meant which oh, model i think prashant meant which model so in my personal bedroom i have vr cinema tv in my living room i've got a 75 inch tv my dad's bedroom has a 55 inch tv but we also have like 5 6 tvs lying around all the time because i'm always testing product so there's a there's a my tv in fact is not even mounted on the wall it's on a stand because every few days every few weeks we're getting new product we're doing testing we're trying testing going on. so there is the tv in my house changes all the time so okay. yeah i i can't say that uh, this i endorse this one particular tv of mine because even before we launch a tv very often i take it home or my team takes it home now and we you think of it as a user we test it for 50 parameters and then we launch it so my house has my tvs it also has my sample and testing tvs prototypes beta models so yeah there's a lot of tvs in the saraf family <laughs> okay all right prashant i hope that took care of your question uh you know, let, let's go back to what we were talking about right so you said technology sort of you know touching all our lives especially during the lockdown when we 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 you know we eat with technology we working out with technology of course we spend our days working with technology um you know the movie uh, social dilemma that's come out and you know a lot of us have obviously watched it um some some of us actually went off you know instagram or whatever i mean for a day or two just because you're so freaked out at that point um where where are you on this debate you know where do you stand on this debate of like are these companies you know usurping our data is this really a privacy threat do you perceive it as a privacy threat or do you think this is being blown out of proportion and it's sort of just exaggerated what's your stand on this so i would not be in the industry i would not say that it's right to compare technology to drugs hmm. you know uh it said that one of the quotes in the in in the, in the movie in the documentary said that there are only two industries they call their consumers users and it's illegal the drugs and software drug. Yeah. So I would not say that hey tech is a drug it's bad for you it's going to um you know take away your life and all that stuff of course it has to be a lot more regulated than it is today and I think Tristan Harris and all the speakers had fantastic points on that and I thought that the show the movie was the documentary whatever you want to call it was really well explaining the concept of what really goes on you know with the way they showed uh, him talking about it and then they showed uh, Vincent Cartaise of a madman as a sort of playing engagement mm-hmm. growth um as the actor and then of course they showed the protagonist it was beautifully explained the one thing which i have actually been propagating for the longest time is also always understand that as long as the humans are the master and tech is the servant we're safe there that swap shouldn't happen you shouldn't be controlled by it and i'll tell you what happens essentially i have been using facebook for 15 years because i had it when i was at university too but if you go on my facebook page or you go on my instagram page it looks like an aadhar card because mm. there is just my photo my location like just as like mumbai it has my birth date or something education um i i indulge in more what i call ephemeral content so i will put a bunch of pictures i'll put a news article i'll put stories i'll put a video and then a few days later i'll take like a pocha and like you know delete it all and sure. i started doing this a few years ago which it even turned up in the newspaper where someone said is she okay why is she doing this and mm-hmm. as i said at view we are ahead of everybody else because it's our job to sort of predict 
consumer patterns and technology. That's part of what we do. And what I realized was people tend to see all their pictures, their sort of Insta page or their Facebook page as their identity. Yeah. So they add content to it and then it sort of becomes a visual resume. And then they sort of become victims to that image where they have so many posts and so many pictures. That's when they say, hey, this is who I am. These are who my friends are. You know, this is what I'm all about. This is my reputation. And then they sort of are stuck in that space. Whereas for me to be successful in my business, considering my consumers are getting younger each year, I've had to reinvent every few years, which means you literally take what you have and you break it all and you restart. And even in the view brand, we always keep it fresh because we come up with a campaign, very successful. Uh, we come up with a product, very successful. Discontinue and come up, come up with something completely fresh and new. So not having so much of images on social media gives us a clean slate each time to define who we are, to make the choices we want to do, to decide, hey, what do we want coming next on that page? as opposed to feeling that your feed uh, or your post or your page, whatever you call it, is your asset. It's not sure. an asset. You know, I take all my pictures, I download them, it's in a hard disk, sit in a safe, but I don't go on a lonely day and see my photos and be like, oh yeah, this is me. That is not you. That is not a mirror. That is what you were posting at that point. And you have the choice and the right and the freedom to change it. So all I'm saying in situation like this, like what I'm seeing of social dilemma, what I'm seeing with friends around me, it makes you interesting to have your whole life out there, but for your mental health and for your ability to be fresh, for your ability to even surprise yourself, surprise friends, surprise consumers, please don't leave such a trail. It's mm. like if I meet someone at a party, I will not spend 45 minutes telling them my life history, right? I'll probably just tell them what I'm doing right now. And then if there's an interest, maybe get into the life history. So stop putting your whole life history out there and then being defined by it or being stuck by it and saying, oh my God, now these are the people who are my clique and now I can't get out of it. Or this is my style and I can't get out of it. You have the choice. Sure. You can say, you know what? I want a change of career. I want a change of hairstyle. I want a change of friends. I want a change of decor. I want a change of mindset. I want a change of diet. I want a change of change of whatever. First thing, delete mm -hmm. everything you have, start fresh. So hmm. in social dilemma, the challenge is how people are seeing Facebook and Instagram as their as who they are, as a reflection as of digital who they identities. Are, yeah. As a digital identity. Yeah. Put nothing. Put nothing. And then start fresh. And then what will happen? You will pick up the best bits of yourself again next time. So it's a sure. sort of process of elimination where if Vibha decides I want to clean up the Vibha Kagzi page, uh, she'll probably just keep five pictures that she likes. And then she'll like, hey, you know what? I love doing yoga. And that's what I want to make my next thing all about. You know, bringing sort of yoga, yoga yourself, institutes yeah. together and, you know, would reach Ivy in, in, within fitness and yoga. So, sure. you know, I would just say this to everyone out there that, yes, it's become very easy to say tech is the new drug or tech is the new addiction. Uh Tech is going to give you, tech is like fire. It can burn you. It can help you cook food. It's your choice what you do with it. Sure. But personally, as a friend to everyone who's watching here, as much as we love snipping on people, try and keep your digital, uh, your digital your profile, just hmm. digital footprint, just 
very, I won't say footprint because footprint print has a lot of stuff. Just keep your digital profile as fresh as possible. Just keep mm. what's relevant now. Your whole life history of 15 years is not needed to be no. out there. Keep, keep few pictures. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Keep reinvent it fresh. yourself. Look at yourself anew every day. Okay, that, that's, that's yeah. very helpful. Um, let's take this question. There's a gentleman here, Mr. Mugesh, who's been asking this question. He's asked three or four times. So, uh, Mr. Mugesh is going to take your question. Uh, where do you see View as a company in the next five years? Is, do you, what, you know, what, what does the five-year or the 10-year sort of you know, big picture overview strategy plan look like? So first of all, that's a terrible question to ask in the middle of a pandemic because none of us even know if we're going to be alive by next year. So anyone who has like predictions for the market, please don't live by those predictions. You never know whether what, what the world is going to look like by next year. It will be doomsday for all of us. But having said that, I think at the View Group, we have restructured it to be um, a group that's focused on new age technology. So whether it's lifestyle products or work style products, we will always be making products which are enhancing uh, consumer lifestyles and consumer work styles. Very, very millennial focused for sure. For young and young at heart. And I think we're always sort of going to be a product company in that space. Okay. Um, uh, Mr. Mugesh, hope that took care of your question. Um, let's take this question from Shreya Jain, who asks, what do careers look like in the IT and the technology sector? So career opportunity, opportunities, uh, generally, you know, even at your company, what sort of career opportunities are there for people that could, you know, they could apply to jobs uh, at View Technologies? Great. So I think one of the first things is, of course, there's always like, you know, the backend jobs are uniform for every industry. So whether it's finance, legal, HR, operations, these are the ones which are similar in every industry. So if you are looking to do your CA and you have a passion for tech and you want to you know, be in the accounts department or CFO of a tech firm, that's, of course, an opportunity that if you like the industry, uh, industry and jobs which are more specific, more domain would be is more consumer facing, which is more development, more is like product, marketing, sales. These are more specific where you have to have domain industry knowledge. In this case, it may help to have an understanding again of the subject which say I majored in marketing. It's important to understand um, the tech industry as a whole and then choose your specialization. Because I do see a lot of people fall into the term rabbit hole of being specialists and then suddenly they're out of place. So whether you are in the, you know, whether you're working for a tech company, whether you're working in the software side or e-commerce side or wherever, Make sure that, first of all, are you the development person? Are you the marketing person? Are you the sales person? Are you the finance person? Mm. What is your skill? Your functional Secondly, skill. Okay. Your functional skill. The second thing is understand how the whole thing works. So while you want to be like in a hoodie in a corner, like typing away, try and understand the entire supply chain of how the whole company works. Try and understand how everything works. Don't be sort of stuck in your zone. And then the third thing is when you say, okay, this is how I fit into this company. Uh, this is my specialization. So my specialization is luxury consumer electronics. This sure. is how I bring it in. So whether you are just starting out or whether you have a refreshed career, I would say that be generalize, understand the industry in tech because it's very important that you know some companies have lacks of employees. And you don't want to be uh, collateral damage when they do layoffs. You want to be someone who's a bit flexible. 
uh, and tech changes very fast. So understand how the industry works and then be the best at that sort of micro job that you do. Okay. So, you know, I, I like it. So you're saying sort of have a micro skill set, but also keep your eyes on, on the macro, the whole industry. understand the organization, yeah. understand the industry. Okay, great. Correct. Um, let's get this question. Uh, Yashraj has been asking many questions. Rashad, I'm sorry, I haven't taken all your questions, but I'm going to take this one. Uh, what's it like? Yashraj, you can call me as a speaker on your platform and I will answer all your questions. All right, let, let's take his question for now. Uh, what's it like being a CEO in a family run business and carving out your own space over time? Okay, let's take that. Um, you know, how, how do you feel? Like, let's, you know, we've talked about numbers, we've talked about your product, we've talked about the industry. Let's, let's talk about your feelings. How do you feel? Like, how, how does this whole journey feel like to you, you know? I mean, I kind of like it because I think what happens is I'm someone who is very much likes to do things her way. I have a lot of respect for everyone around me. And I like the fact that, you know, we all take care of each other, whether it's a family, whether it's my team, whether it's the extended team, like we're all watching each other's back. So that's always fantastic. But I think I've always been someone who, when you come from an entrepreneurial family, you know, the sense of identity and individualism is generally very strong. So sure. it's not like I'm forced to conform and say, hey, this is the industry norm. You have to follow it. I'm mm. like, you know what? I'm going to take a risk with this. You like it. That's, you know, or you don't like it. Uh, I really think I have a gut feel. I want to build this store. I want to build this product. I want to do this camp and I'll do so and so. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, again, it's my fault. I'm going to take the sort of bear the brunt for it. So the environment in my family is very encouraging because everyone's a risk taker. You know, there isn't too many people saying, don't do that. What will people say? Don't do that. It'll be a huge loss. Don't do that. It's not what we do. This is not mm. how the Sarah family does it. They're like, okay, cool. You want to go off to the US and learn how to make high-end products? Like, do it. I mean, you know, think mm. through it very practically, but do it. So I definitely come from a very encouraging family. Having said that, I am the youngest. So while they may say that, oh, everybody listens to you, I still have to listen to everyone before they listen to me, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is kind of nice sometimes. You're kind of taken care of. Uh, but overall, how do I feel? I think for me, what I end up feeling most of the time is a lot of sense of responsibility. Mm. You know, today the company is big. When I started out, View was my company. Now it's so, our company because my team has also put in the prime of their youth building this business. So yeah. even when the lockdown happened, we were the only company to actually pay advanced salaries to the employees because mm. we're first thinking of them too. So now I feel this responsibility that, hey, you know, if I'm like in this, like, ah, I don't feel like doing much, I'm getting bored. I'm like, no, I have to think of everyone who looks up to me. I have to be strong. Mm. I have to continue being driven. I have to be positive no matter what the situation. Because now as a boss, I've taken on that sort of challenge and now I have a responsibility back to my consumers. I have the responsibility to uh, my team. I have the responsibility, of course, to my family and friends, but also to the country and the world mm. and say, you know what? I've got so much success out of it, but I have to give back and make sure that if students need guidance or if uh, anyone needs my help, I'm always should be open to it. Hmm. So the family is extended from literally just the Sarah family to like the employees, your customer Everyone, base, your suppliers, the, the entire whole. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a large conglomerate now. Okay, I'm, I'm, that's very nice. It's, a, it's, it's almost spiritual, you know, the way you're explaining it. Like you just, you see yourself as like part of a big, the bigger cosmos and 
you know it's not just you and your you know your dad and all of that okay uh, i don't think any said, leader thinks of themselves as in a silo i mean everyone has a very big picture pic- i mean i'm very fortunate i've met the world's top ceos and uh, sure. business leaders and i always find that there's a strong sense of altruism in them because hmm. bosses generally by nature do put other people first even if that's not the general perception you may have a show hmm. like a bad boy billionaires which brings up a bad apple and then paints all Sure, and also, light. right. But actually, CEOs generally take on a lot of stuff to keep the ship afloat, and I think mm. uh, that's something they don't always talk about. But there's always this sense of uh, caring for everyone who is dependent on them, which is not often sure. highlighted. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to take this last one or two questions that these guys have been persistently asking. Um, Tej and uh, Mr. Sooth going to take your question. They're actually asking, Nevira, can they purchase the TV offline in Chennai and in Delhi? Is this possible to purchase? You know, the guys, TV you can just DM us on at View Televisions, and my team will take care of you. Okay, great. So Tej and Sooth, I'm, I'm there. She's answered the question for you. Thank you for the persistence in asking that question. Nevira, uh, as we close, just you know, final words of advice. Uh, for just uh, aspiring entrepreneurs you know um whether they're in the technology space or not whether they are women or not just generally if you were to give advice to a young person who aspires to be an entrepreneur and be a ceo of an organization um you know wh- what should they be doing what should they not be doing i think the first thing is there are two ways to earn money either you earn money from salary or you earn it from profit okay these are the only two ways i look at either it's your time or you're taking a risk so somehow a lot of traditional business values of building a profit is somehow gone out of style when people are just looking at valuations and run rates and gmvs and this and that and all that stuff but there is merit in just you know unit economics and building mm-hmm. your business pie by pie so i would say to anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur i know that every day you know you see stories online unicorns magazines forbes fortune et bt everything out there talking about some, someone became a billionaire and then they're getting an award and then they're on the cover and then they're like giving this big speech and then they've got like 5 million followers on instagram uh yeah okay great i mean my instagram's a private account so i couldn't get a damn for you know 5 million followers uh it's mostly most only for my friends and i but i make a profit it's a solid business i pay myself i pay my team i pay my suppliers i pay my distributors it's boring but i make a profit so mm. and that's how i can survive and that's how i can own 100% of this business and do what sure. the hell i want to do because i'm not answerable you know today if you raise money from outside unnecessarily trying to grow your business very fast you are giving up equity and you are losing control of the business that you have a vision for so take mm. your time and build your business organically and first try and see however small it is that it makes a profit and then expand on it and okay. don't think don't think that you know building a business is just about landing a forbes cover um, mm. all that stuff will come it'll take a while i've been doing this for 15 years now uh, but first make sure that your business makes a dollar make sure your business okay. makes a profit make sure you make enough money make sure that you don't are not in debt make sure that you create value and then dream of all the million things you want to do with it okay that's it guys uh, that's it from devi the saraf keeping it real 
focus on you know the substance focus on the money and then the rest of the the shusha the fluff uh, the the glamour and the glitz will will follow uh thanks devita uh Thank you know you. obviously every everything you said uh, you actually stand for so you totally practice what you preach and i've seen you do that uh absolute honor to have you on the show devita and we'll look forward you. to Thank catching you. up with you offline Thank you so much. You you can you can just uh, end. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Bye bye. All right, guys. That brings us to the end of uh, House of Experts episode number twenty seven.